Welcome to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We are women helping women to read their Bibles in the Dayton region and beyond. In order to equip our sisters to dig into Scripture, we have started an initiative called At Home in the Word. This podcast series is one of multiple resources created by our team to help you increase your confidence in your own personal study of God's Word. On this season of the podcast, we will be focusing on the overall meta-narrative of Scripture and the specific genres of Scripture. So grab your Bible and a notebook and listen in. Hey ladies, registration for summer study opens this Monday, April 8th. Keep your eyes open for all the details. You won't want to miss it. Welcome back, listener, to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. I'm back here with Mary. Welcome back, Mary. Thank you. And we're doing something a little different than the first episode we had you on today. We're going to talk about prophecy. Yes. Awesome. Before we uh, get started into that, for those who didn't get the opportunity to listen to you the first time, can you give us a little update on um, who you are and what God has you up to in this season of your life? Uh, let's see. I'm married over 35 years now and uh, four children and two grandchildren. So I think last time I talked to you, I had one. So, <laughs> so now we have two grandchildren. Growing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just got back from a trip from Africa. Mm-hmm. And last time it was Zambia. This time is it was Swaziland, which they now call Eswatini. Okay. And uh, had the opportunity to teach um, the women there um, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the um, transformed mind of a woman. Hmm. And that was a neat experience. And I have to talk to you about that another time. Because it's just. I definitely need to hear it. I need to hear it. The miracles, uh, the confirmation of God's word was Hmm. awesome. Hmm. So that was a wonderful experience. Um, I'm a founder of Doves Cry Ministry. Uh, that continues, but we're trying to meet now this year, focusing more on the Word of God, mm-hmm. uh, prayer, and mentoring younger women. Mm. And this is how I met you. Yeah, <laughs> I said, "Come mentor us. Yes, we yes, need you." Yes. So yeah. we're trying to change the focus of that. So not many activities with that this year, except for mm-hmm. our fall retreat mm-hmm. uh, in October. Currently teaching the Book of Isaiah. So when oh. you uh, sent that email in regards to prophecy, I was like, "Oh man, Isaiah was a humdinger." <laughs> <laughs> so we're halfway through. Okay. Uh, we did part one, and now we're in part two. So um, yeah, as we Isaiah's share, a long, long book. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. So as we share, that's where I'll come from. Great, um, great. But talking about the general um, definition of prophecy and all that, mm-hmm. I'm open. But uh, yeah. Isaiah was a good book, and you've, it still is a good book. You've got a good case study right in yes. front of you. <laughs> I love that when God calls me to teach, uh, talk about it uh, at a retreat, and it was so funny. And it's in February, and I've been studying First, Second, and Third John with our church. We'll have been going through it eight weeks in mm. January and February, but 
the the leader of this retreat said, I'd really like you to talk about God's love and how we show it to others. And I thought, have you been, do you know what I'm studying right now? You yeah, know, it's love. funny how, I know, <laughs> funny how God does that. Um, yes. But so let's talk about it. Let's talk about prophecy. Could you just describe what, what do we mean by this genre uh, prophecy? What, what books are we looking at? And, um, I don't know why. Why would somebody want to study books in this genre? Mary? Well, um, in looking at prophecy, you're looking at um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, mm-hmm. Lamentations, mm-hmm. Um, Ezekiel, Daniel, the mm-hmm. major prophets, and then you move on into the minor prophets, mm-hmm. which you guys did a yeah. focus on last year with yeah. uh, Hosea, Micah. Um, there's between I think seventeen. Okay, I think it's seventeen yeah. uh, major and minor prophets. Uh, but the word prophecy, uh, when you look at it in our English form, it's not really what God meant in mm. the Hebrew form. Mm. Um, it's a way for God to speak to his people, providing guidance in their current setting and hope in his control of their lives and world events. Mm. So its message incorporates something for a certain group of people. Mm. And that's what you have to keep in mind as you uh, study prophecy. So in prophecy, there's rebuke, Mm. there's encouragement, there's increase in faith. um, And all of that is supposed to bring repentance. Mm. But (laughs) if anyone has ever studied the major or the minor, Israel remains in their sin. Uh, They remain stubborn. Um, and they don't repent. Yeah. So there's consequences. Yes. Um, so it is given, uh, prophecy is given to a prophet. <laughs> and this, this person is a covenant mediator between the word of God and his people. Mm. So today we have a lot of people that will call themselves prophets. But yeah. when you look at the Old Testament, yeah. those people... They were just acting as a mediator. Yeah. They listened to what God said. Yes. They told the people, hoping for repentance. Yes. And like I said, Israel did not repent majority yeah. of the time. But there was always a remnant with Israel. Yeah. And so that's what makes it so neat. As you're speaking, I'm I it, some of the uh dust from my uh Hosea studies <laughs> is is uh dusting off here and I'm think I remember studying what a prophet is not and mm-hmm. and there were co- there were like three Ps which is helping me remember a prophet is not a priest that the the priests were separate from yes. the prophets of the time. And so the priests were sort of the more, what do I want to say, regular uh, 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 positions, I guess. They didn't, mm-hmm. they they were always um, doing the work of God in that point. The, the prophets were really the those who, like Mary said, had a specific message either for God's people or the kings mm-hmm. at the time. And, um, and they were not um, psychics either. Right. That was another thing <laughs> that I think we kind of have this woo-woo idea mm-hmm. of um, prophecy that we that we could someone could ask us what's going to happen, and we mm-hmm. would say this is what's going to happen. But um, they didn't have general knowledge yeah. of the future. They had very specific message that right. God wanted them to convey, right. and it. Are it lined up already with what God had already said, already said yes. would happen to them? Um, right. Say, like, if you go back in Leviticus and say and see some of them, um, 
some of the laws that God gave them and some of the consequences he also laid out for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll have to look up the exact passage, but I'm thinking it's somewhere around 26, Leviticus. um, We'll double check that for you (laughs) Um, because I don't know if the dusting has quite come off that far. But um, yeah, so so prophets, uh, what they're not, psychics or or priests mm-hmm. um but they they do have a specific message at a specific time for right and, and, the, and the people regarded them mm-hmm. higher than the high priest mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting because mm-hmm. they would literally hear god speak mm-hmm. they would literally hear god speak and then bring it forth to the people so that was the difference that i saw mm-hmm. in um in them yeah yeah absolutely so um these 17 books, um, you call them major and minor. Mm-hmm. Why are they designated that way? I think the major, because of the length. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's not as if their message was more important. Right, right, right. It's not uh, the minor is uh, less important than the major. Yeah. Um, but I think it's mostly because of the length. And also the number of times that God spoke to them is just awesome. Yeah. Uh, when you read Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, hmm. and Daniel, mm-hmm. um, awesome, awesome books. Yeah. Uh, but but not to limit Hosea right. and Micah. Right. You know, right. Uh, Jonah. <laughs> right. That's a big one. People know. Right. Right. About. Right. 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 So not to limit them at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how we know some of the stories of these from childhood, but we don't necessarily know. Uh, about the prophetic aspect of it, right. you know, like we kind of separate um, separate Jonah's story from his station and his his call. But mm-hmm. as we kind of mature and we learn more, we um, get a better idea of what was going on in right. those stories that we're even familiar with. Right? Um, yeah, Dan- you know, Daniel in the lion's den has to be one of the biggest stories told in mm-hmm. uh, Sunday schools across the country. Right. Um, so where... Do we see this style being used in scripture? We kind of talked about the that a little bit, but mm-hmm. how is it used in the big story of the Bible, the meta narrative? Um, so, where do we find this in the overall story of scripture? Mm, can you ask that a different way? Yeah. So, um, in the Bible, when we open it up, we're going to find it kind of in the middle, I would mm-hmm. say, or. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, maybe even two thirds of the way through. Okay, okay. But in the overall story, where does this fall in terms of where Jesus comes and what does it come after? So where can people expect to find this um, in the in the story of of God's people? What makes the all of them um, really neat is that they point to Christ. Hmm. And even though they're in the middle uh, or toward the end of Old Testament, God used uh, his son Jesus to quote Mm -hmm. verses Mm -hmm. from the prophet Isaiah. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. used um, um, the disciples after Jesus uh, died and he was resurrected. Um, God opened their eyes Mm -hmm. to the scripture. And, it, and I think it's so neat. And, and, and this is what people should realize. So they're not afraid of looking at Old Testament. Um, 
God quoted and uh, Jesus quoted in Luke uh, 24 that these sayings mm. began to open up to the disciple mm. disciples after the resurrection. So I, I want to read that yeah, because it's, it's just so neat um, to see this. This is in um, Luke uh, 24. And uh, the disciples were not able to touch uh, him yet. But I'm going to start at verse 44. He said, then he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything which has been written about me in the law of Moses, uh, in the prophets, in the Psalms, must be fulfilled. Then he opened their mm-hmm. minds to help them understand the scriptures mm-hmm. and, and said, and so it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, and I'm reading in the Amplified Version, mm. would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Listen carefully. I am sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you, but you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. Mm. So earlier in Luke... He read from the book of Isaiah, okay? <laughs> and so that made it neat. But here he mentions Moses. <laughs> he mentions the psalm. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that David was a prophet because <laughs> he pointed to Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what's what's so neat about Old Testament passages. And we should not uh, be scared of them at all to study them mm-hmm. because they point to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the Old Testament literally fulfills the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And to see Jesus Christ quote, Mm. various passages in Isaiah is really neat. Yeah. And so Isaiah does the same thing. And yeah. one of my favorite uh, passages in Isaiah is in Isaiah 6. Mm. When he had the vision of the glory mm. of God mm. and how the glory filled the temple. Well, in that passage in Isaiah 6, and you have to read it, the seraphim, they fly back and forth saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Mm. And Isaiah says, I'm not worthy. He realizes mm. he's not worthy. But the first Lord that is used in that passage is Adonai. Mm. And that points to Christ in yeah. itself, okay? Yeah. And then God speaks to him, and Isaiah writes it, Lord in all cap, and that's the covenant God. Mm. So right there, it just points to Jesus Christ. Mm. But the neatest thing is going to the book of Revelation, where we have a New Testament writer, John. Uh-huh. He is in a, a vision, yeah, and he experiences the angels mm. saying, glory, glory, glory. <laughs> and then who is, who is he looking at? He's looking yeah. at Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you look at Isaiah. Mm experiencing God's glory and you see John experience God's glory and you see the connection mm. that Old Testament, mm-hmm. New Testament, mm-hmm. we need both of them yeah. because they point to the Messiah. Yes. And then Isaiah 9 points to the, the virgin birth. <laughs> yes. 9 and 6. Unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Mm. You know? And then you realize, and this is this is what makes um, Old Testament major and minor prophets a little difficult because they write, and sometimes they write, they're in their time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they write, they're in the future. Yeah. Okay? So everyone uses this verse around Christmas time. Yeah. A child is given to us. Yes. You know, the government will be upon his shoulder. And yeah, it's, it's for Christmas, but guess what? Peace hasn't come yet. Right. The government is not leaning upon 
uh, God or right. Jesus Christ, his son. Okay. Right. Um, so that tells us at some point, Jesus is going to be ruling. Okay. Yes. And the government is going to be on his shoulder. Yes. Okay. And that's what's so neat about Isaiah chapter two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because people come from all nations to hear Jesus Christ speak. Yes. You know, so yeah. Isaiah takes us to millennial. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so sure that's what makes it so neat. It's, people were kind of confused when Jesus comes as a baby. They really want it, you know, and then he's crowned king of the Jews. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, because it's not as if this scripture has not been uh, fulfilled because right. he didn't take that government position. Right. He, he is still king and he will rule. He yes. is. You know, yes. and it's, it's uh, you know, seeing that. We have much still to look forward to. Yes. Um, and when you mentioned that, I thought about Daniel because Daniel talks about the ancient of days yes. reigning yes. and the son of man given dominion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't know if Daniel knew exactly what he was even saying. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, you know, we don't even know, did he know the name Jesus? But we know he was talking about him still. And that I remember when we were studying Daniel as a ministry a couple years back, um, we kind of, you know, looked at all these different views of, was he talking about his time or right. the future, or was he talking about both? And right. that's kind of where I tend to land, um, even if the, we don't know what knowledge the prophet exactly had mm -hmm. of of that future plan right, that right. God had uh, in mind. So cool. So cool. Got chills talking <laughs> to you about that. So, um, you know, what What are some of the the nuances or purposes of, of this literary style of, of prophet? Why, why would God want this to be in his word to us? I think to show us that he's a God that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing about reading um, Old Testament, uh, major, minor prophets. You see a God of wrath. Mm -hmm. You see a just God. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we take for, for granted in this time that we live in the grace of God. Mm -hmm. So to see the wrath side and mm -hmm. the just side... Mm -hmm. <laughs> And to see him honor his word, yes, and uh, to uh, read the um, prophets and how they will remind Israel mm -hmm. of the law that was given. Mm -hmm. um, so you cannot exclude the law, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Remind Israel um, of that time. Um, you see the sovereignty of God. Also, mm -hmm. um, he uses who he wants to use, mm -hmm. um, and, and he used. Um, Babylon's. Mm -hmm. He used the Assyrians, mm -hmm. um, but he also warned them, I'm using you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my plan. Mm -hmm. So that's another good reason to want to study um, Old Testament uh, prophets is to see that God has a plan. Mm -hmm. He's sovereign. And he's going to carry it out. Yeah. And he'll even use his enemy to carry right. that plan out. But if the enemy gets caught up in pride mm -hmm. and think that they're doing it, Oh no, he, <laughs> he he reminds them, you know. I gotta think of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, oh my gosh, yeah. 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 That story of that's exactly it, it's really exactly what Mary is talking about, where God um, 
he put he he was in control of Nebuchadnezzar's position at all times. And at some point, um, he brings Nebuchadnezzar down and, and makes him such like an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he is taken from this prideful position to eating grass. I right. mean, it describes him really as as though he has lost his faculties, right? Lost his mind. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's encouraging for us in some way. Not that we enjoy people coming down like that, but we do see that no matter what ruler we're worried about now, that God is still on the throne. Good thing to remember now. Yeah. In oh, this time that we live. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that. I'm glad you said it. But I, I definitely feel that way now. Yes. I definitely feel that way. Yes. Um, kind of like we don't. When you're a Christ follower, you mm-hmm. have the benefit of, of a peace of mind. Yes. No matter what is happening in our current events, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so that that is really helpful to keep in mind and helpful to learn from the prophets. I yes. think. Yes, it is. So that's kind of we've we've talked about you know some of the challenges you brought up um, were one was talking about seeing the wrath of God mm-hmm. um, when studying that scripture um, and I'm thinking about First John one nine which a lot of people are familiar with which says. Um, if we confess our sin, he yes. is faithful and just and will forgive us mm-hmm. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And in this book that seems almost exclusively about God's love, we cannot miss that he's faithful and he is just. Yes. And so it doesn't it doesn't change. It doesn't change. Um but the justice has been taken out upon Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we can be seen mm-hmm. as righteous. Mm-hmm. But we miss what that actually means mm-hmm. if we don't see how um, the justice that we deserve come out through um, these earlier books and through through these prophets. So I think it's I think challenging, but also so healthy for our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other challenges that you would warn someone about when studying scripture written from a prophetic genre? It's it's not in chronicle uh, logical order, mm. and that just um, uh, when I teach it uh, to our class, I have to remind them <laughs> <laughs> it is not in order. So when you look at a New Testament uh, passage, and let's say you want to observe um, that book, let's say a New Testament book, and you want to observe it, you look at the big window um, of that book, and then you go chapter to chapter, and um, how does this relate to the the window or or the the puzzle piece that you're trying to put together? Mm. When you look at Old Testament, you have to take it chapter by chapter. Mm. And so you're observing that chapter. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to ask yourself the who, what, when, Mm. where, why of Scripture in that chapter. Mm. Okay, who is he talking to in that chapter? Mm -hmm. Because he might jump to a whole nother time mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. the next chapter. Yeah. So that can be that can be a challenge for those who are um, wanting to look at the big picture yeah. quick. 
Yes. Because you can't look at the big picture quick. Yes. <laughs> no, you can't. Absolutely, right. you can't. Right. That's great advice. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. So challenging is that um, it's not going to take you point by point uh, from one part of the story to the next part of the story. It's going to skip around. And right. So you got to get your bearings. Right. Right. Um, before trying to make any sort of meaning come yeah. out of that for, yeah. especially yeah. for our time. Right. So maybe speak to that a little bit. How how do we interpret the prophets for our time now? Um, when if they're speaking to a specific people in a specific time, mm-hmm. um, what meaning will we get out of it for our, our lives, and and how and how will we go about doing that? You have to bring the New Testament in. Hmm. You definitely have to bring it in. And while you were talking about what. Um, Jesus did on the cross yeah. uh, for us. Yeah. Holy Spirit brought um, Isaiah 1 where he, he points out their sin. Hmm. He points out their sin and how they had gotten uh, so bad. He said, you're, you're and I'm going to use my terminology, you're messed up from the top of your head to your feet. Hmm. You have bruises that you haven't even tried to heal. Hmm. You haven't even put a bandage on it. Hmm. But what he what he tells them is, uh, wash yourselves, and I'm in Isaiah 116. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. So that lets you know that we have a choice. Hmm. Even they had a choice, okay? Mm-hmm. And he says, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, and plead for the widow. Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. And that's read out of the New American Standard Version. Hmm. Old Testament, here is Isaiah speaking for God, telling Israel, this is what your sin is. But God can make it white as snow. Hmm. But then when you go to the New Testament, you see Jesus Christ fulfilling that. Yes. And we don't have to worry about our sin because he took it on the cross. Yes. You know, so yes. I think it's important to uh, line scripture with scripture mm. and find something in the New Testament to help you understand the old better. Mm. But ask yourself, how does this apply to me? Because mm. Israel didn't want to cover up their wounds. Mm. Okay. They wanted to stay in their sin. Mm. They weren't doing what. James says is true religion is taking care of the orphan and the widow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I think combining and looking to what New Testament says to help me understand the Old Testament and then asking yourself, and you always want to ask yourself, how does this apply to me? Yeah. Lord, what am I covering up in my life? Yeah. What do I need to change? Yeah. I want my heart to be White as white as snow, as you say here, all all the, all the sins taken away. Yeah, uh, I I want my life to be like that that yes. wool. Yes. You know, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. So the thing the thing that has changed is not human nature, right. but but Jesus, and Jesus. He's changed everything. So yes. so we can look at an Israelite and feel a kinship with them and mm-hmm. say, Gosh, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm the same way, and it's the same God that's saving me. Mm-hmm. You know, his his method is different now because yes. he he brought Jesus as the sacrifice. Yes. You know that that's what has changed. But um, but uh, we can definitely look at our heart condition mm-hmm. and um, and relate mm-hmm. and and be able to take from that. Um, 
things that help us for the daily. Um, so any any other helpful tips um, for our listeners when studying profits? Yes. Uh, you want to pray? Yeah. <laughs> Which I should have mentioned first. Yes. <laughs> you have to invest time in the study mm-hmm. of the major and minor profits. It's not something that you can just sit down mm. and, and go forward. Um, you want to find the intent. Um, of the original prophet, what is his intent in writing? Who is he writing to? Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the uh, context, uh, and you want to um, assume it's not literal interpretation because they use a lot of figurative um, language, um, and and it's not ordinary language. So you have to decipher a lot of lot of things, and mm. and you have to remember that it was written in the ancient Near Eastern time, not our Western modern time. Yes. <laughs> so you have to take your play your 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 yourself back to um, their time, and then ask yourself the questions as you're studying the Old Testament passage. Is this exclusively for that author today in time? Mm. Because everything does not apply to us to today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where is this fulfilled in Israel's history? Mm-hmm. So is, is it talking about their past history? Is mm-hmm. it talking about their present? Or is it talking about future and it hasn't even happened yet? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to um, uh, allow um, the author of the Bible, not modern authors, to mm-hmm. guide your answer. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we go to commentaries mm-hmm. because we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I just read in Luke mm-hmm. that Jesus said... Holy Spirit mm-hmm. will, will open up to mm-hmm. us. He'll open our mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Holy Spirit is for, to teach us, to come alongside and guide us. So mm-hmm. I would recommend that you study the book for yourself, um, even do an outline. Yeah. Write some points down. Yeah. Um, write what you learned about God. And then ask yourself, what does this mean or, or how does it apply to me before you go to another commentary, another person's opinion, right. and let the Holy Spirit um, teach you. In First uh, John, he echoes the same sentiment in, in that he's talking to people to warn them against some um, false teaching that mm-hmm. has started within mm-hmm. the church, that people have left the church because of this false teaching. And uh, he says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. This is First John 2, uh, 24. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to teach you, but the anointing that you received from Mm. him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Mm -hmm. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So, So what that says to me is the best two teachers of the Bible are the Holy Spirit and Mm -hmm. the Bible itself. And... um, so we want to do that work first, and then we can actually test other teaching yes. according to those things. Yes. So God definitely gives us teachers. I mean, it's, it's ironic. John writes that, and he's kind of teaching them mm-hmm. <laughs> as he about writes. right as he writes <laughs> about how to test teaching. Right. Um, and so you know we don't want to throw throw that good those good resources out Mm-mm. but we want in no to, way there's an order to it yes and we want to respect that order yes. so that we're not relying um 
on a human right. to teach us right. um, what the Holy Spirit wants to teach mm-hmm. us. Because there's no private interpretation, yeah. you know? So, yes, yeah. most definitely. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, so those are great tips. Uh, I'm so glad you brought those up. Um, and and we talked a little earlier about how this literary style points to Christ and the gospel. You mm-hmm. know, you saw it throughout um Isaiah, and we talked a little bit about Daniel mm-hmm. even. Um, is there any other places that kind of pop up to you in your mind that point to to Christ as as you read through the prophets? Hmm. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yes, yes. I feel like Micah, um, Micah has some as well. Mm-hmm. What, what was so neat about... Micah is that 400 years of nothing. <laughs> and that's the last book. I think that that's, might be is Malachi. That the, is that Ma- oh, Malachi? Okay, yes, Malachi. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. I only, it's only because I have the Bible open right in front of me. <laughs> I think that is so neat. Um, and I don't know where the. Um, the passage is, Jillian, and you might, it might uh, come to your mind, but my spirit uh, is just thinking about um, when um, the glory left the tabernacle. Mm. Mm. And we had that 400 years of, of nothing, of silence. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jesus came on the scene. Yes. Yeah. And then Malachi mm. uh, points to Christ. Mm. Um, and then there's another minor prophet that uh, talks about John the Baptist is coming. Mm. Okay, in the wilderness. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that pointed to Christ. When, so when th- I'm opening up to Micah, it's mm-hmm. talking about the ruler being born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. I mean, I just flipped through and found one almost <laughs> immediately when I was just accidentally opening up right. my my Bible. But yeah, this says. Um, this is talking about in the end of Malachi, the mm-hmm. great day of the Lord. Um, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the yes. hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Mm-hmm. And that's the last verse of the Old Testament mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Um, Jesus comes. Interesting. And you know what? Um, I I taught uh, a series in the book of Psalm where uh, David um, wrote majority of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the chapters that uh, we talked about yesterday was really neat is Psalms 2. Mm-hmm. And it's, it says that God would laugh mm-hmm. at the leadership of this time because they think they're doing everything in mm-hmm. their own way and they're not even seeking uh, his face. Or, mm-hmm. or asking him, what mm-hmm. should they do? But that that psalm in itself point to Christ. Mm-hmm. Psalm, psalm twenty two mm-hmm. talks about um, Jesus suffering, yes, and um, how people would uh, ridicule him, you know, yeah. before the cross. So it doesn't say they pierced him. They pierced him as well mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. chapter. So there was a lot of messianic um, psalm that pointed mm-hmm. to uh, Christ. So when we look at the major and the minor. Prophets, there are other books that point to him mm-hmm. outside of the regular prophetic books, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think of Psalms. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think when I was studying Hosea, I, I found that Moses was like the first prophet yes. that is really identified. And Moses is is not in a pro- 
prophet bo- prophetic book that mm-hmm. we have this genre of, right just as as poetry pops up in random places mm-hmm. i mean john uses poetry in mm-hmm. first john mm-hmm. um it and so we have these divisions but these this genre pops up in places you might not expect it yes. to yes. um and so to be kind of on the lookout for that and um and it's kind of fun to find that after you after you know what you're looking for mm-hmm. and know about Jesus, right? You really see him everywhere, right? You really see him everywhere. Another uh, neat thing, um, I hate to keep running to Isaiah. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Please do. But Isaiah scares me a little bit, <laughs> if I can be honest, because he's a little, um, can I say the word wackier? Yeah. yeah like, yeah, is he yeah. kind of wackier than, than you know what? He wa- Rob, <laughs> they, Robin said, they said he walked around in his underwear as some, yeah. for three years. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're all a little weird. I mean, he's, he's just naked and weird. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, he, uh, sh- he, he writes about these oracles. Hmm. Um, from um, chapter 13 all the way to 23 Mm. that go against all these um, countries that went against Israel. Mm. But then he talks about the coming of Jesus Christ and the the end of the earth, uh, millennial time. Mm. And so that takes us back into New Testament yeah. And then it takes us into revelations yeah. again. Yeah. Because he's talking about things that we we don't see except for Jesus Christ speaking about end time mm. uh, things in the gospels. Mm. And then he goes on in uh, Revelations and John shares. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a neat, neat time in part one of Isaiah. Um, you got to think about the people of his time, what mm-hmm. they thought. I mean, if we are thinking this guy's a little weird, mm-hmm. what was you know they might have just thought, oh, that's just you know my um, crazy neighbor next door or whatever, <laughs> you know, and and not listening to him, and he's you know saying some really um, important truth for right. the future coming, right? And yeah. Jeremiah, uh, the weeping prophet. Um, to see the heart mm. of these men and how they loved the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. And you can compare them to the heart of God mm-hmm. and how he loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, it, it, they, it's okay to weep. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> Jeremiah is known as the weeping. We need that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. all throughout Lamentations, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. when he's lamenting and mm-hmm. teaching us, you know, we it's okay to lament. It's okay to be depressed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? We need that. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. yeah. Permission. Permission. And um, it's definitely granted in the prophets for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Any uh, recommended resources for our listeners? Um on uh, to the podcast, we we will put all the re- resources you recommend up mm-hmm. on our show notes. So, listener, don't feel like you have to grab a pen and write everything down. We'll have it all up for you. But my best way of referencing is to Google. Mm-hmm. Use Google and to um, look at uh, commentaries mm-hmm. and things using mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. reading through the intro of some of them, mm-hmm. and then you make an order mm-hmm. uh, those books. Um, have a person in your life that has um, studied um, theology in Old Testament mm-hmm. um, classes, and they can recommend yeah. the best reading yeah. if you want to um, tackle yeah. a uh, Old Testament passage. Now, when I did the uh, book of Isaiah, um, what was recommended to me was H.C. Lepold, L-E-U-P-O-L-D. Okay. okay. 
um, the exposition on Isaiah uh, and the prophecy of Isaiah mm. by uh, J. Alec Motyer. Hmm. wonderful um, Old Testament hmm. uh, person to um, look into his other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then The Faith and Times um, of Isaiah by Alan Redpath. Okay. These were um, commentaries that I used after studying mm-hmm. and after breaking down the book for myself. Mm-hmm. But I, I've learned that um, if there's an area that I'm not sure of, I go to someone in leadership mm-hmm. that has studied um, these scriptures out and they've already used books mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and other commentaries and then they'll say well Mary don't buy this mm-hmm. buy that yeah um, and, I, and I think that's been the best um, best yeah. help is uh, always having somebody older uh, in the in the ministry than you that can point you to these commentaries and I tell you when you go online and you try to order them yeah some of these books are so old, you know, but oh my gosh, they are rich. Hmm. So let's not forget, as Jillian mentioned, uh, the men and women of God that have written things for our learning, uh, that we don't have to do all that work. We just right. go back and um, pick up some of those old, yes. old <laughs> yes. Matthew, commentaries. Matthew so Henry. Good. Matthew, Matthew Henry is uh, someone I think on you version that mm-hmm. I've looked at before and he is very old mm-hmm. and long dead but mm-hmm. just but but good yes, and yes. in and not um, past one one series that I really like it's called Christ-centered exposition mm-hmm. and it's exalting Jesus in and then the book that it uh, lists so here I'm looking on Amazon and mm-hmm. this is the one of Isaiah they have one of Isaiah written by Andrew M. Davis um, but then I also really like um, Nancy Guthrie mm. um, and she has these uh, Bible studies um, called seeing Jesus in and they're in various parts of um, the Old Testament. And mm-hmm. so she has uh, seeing Jesus in the um, prophets. Let me see if I think, uh, I think that it's called, this one is called the Lamb of God, but that's that's through Exodus, through Deuteronomy. So she, she has several, I think there are five or six in this series about um, seeing Jesus in. So I, I, like, I like commentaries that will point out um, the gospel-centered uh, uh, focus yes um, um blue, blue letter bible bible yes. is also good yes we um, recommend that i lot. love that because <laughs> they'll they can give you the hebrew the greek pronunciation yeah. um so that's uh pretty uh neat and i, I love open bible mm. um mm. that's good and john mcmillan cool he's also good um his his study bible is a, a good source for old testament um yeah. in his commentaries also so lots of suggestions mm-hmm. for direction, and you know, again, you know, focusing on um, open up, learn the context, uh, start your study, and then kind of check what the Holy Spirit has taught you with with what He's taught um, these other teachers. Yes. So wonderful to have you back on, Mary. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and listen.